warriors and ghouls, and welcome to a very hospitable episode. Join us, won't you, in our homes and on our sofas for a festival of decorated domiciles, spooky snacks, and an evening of specially curated Halloween entertainment. Our assignment this October is for Cat and Marshall to host each other for a Halloween movie night for two. Listen in and hear how we did when we programmed an evening's treats for an exclusive guest list. So, come on over after dark. Have some finger food. Stay a while. And enjoy our feature presentation that we're calling Halloween Hosts. You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead. Zombies, exploding heads, psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing. Dead I want to kill you. You ever talk to a corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Roll the third switch. Give my creation life. That's right. That's exactly right. You're moving it up that time. Your name's your name's pronounced Algar, right? Okay, Wayne. Anyway. Okay. Cool. Yes. Um, Cat. Marshall. Uh, we both have something I think that glows in the dark that we want to show the other. That's not why I wanted to show you mine, but maybe it also does. Okay. Well, if you recall, you were over here last week. I do and- recall that. <laughs> Thank you. And there was a Pringles can that said it glowed in the dark, but yeah. we really couldn't get it to glow. But later I found we just hadn't like put it under the light for long enough. So even though I finished all the Pringles, I kept the can uh-huh. so I can show you. Uh-huh. It is original flavor. I was I couldn't remember. I was going to ask you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's over here. I've got it like right under a lamp. Uh, so I'm going to walk away from the mic. That is Pringles commitment. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is not sponsored by Pringles. Turning off the lights. Wow. Yeah. Yes. It's a mummy hand. It's reaching for the Pringle. Uh-huh. And Mr. Pringle, I guess that's his name. Sure. With his mustache is also glowing. That's yeah. very cool. Oh, there's also some a little bit of glow on the other side that didn't get as much heat from the lamp. Yeah. yeah but there's a haunted house. I mean, look, I genuinely love and appreciate brands that go out of their way to make a spooky can of something that doesn't even taste like something spooky. I mean, it's really shoehorned in there, but I love it because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. The reason, actually I was thinking about it last night because I took a long walk around my neighborhood to sort of scope out the state, the status of the horror decor in my neighborhood. I like to see the progress as the month of September turns into October. See who puts their stuff up first, see who adds to it, see who then puts their stuff up, et cetera, et cetera. And I just had this thought that like the reason we love spooky season, among many other reasons, Mm -hmm. is that it's like the whole world has decorated itself just for us. When I'm walking around at night in my neighborhood, I'm like, this is all for me. It feels like it's all for me. 
It does, and it sort of puts its veneer onto everything. Yeah, you walk around and the world is dressed up. Even the Pringles cans. Exactly. And even... Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, yes. The thing you wanted to show me. So, my friend Chelsea brought this to me, and it's a bag of Skittles. And what I like about this, because I opened it up without you, I was like, Skittles? Good. Open, ripped up in the top, started eating it. And then I was like, oh, these are Skittles shriekers? What do you think that means? I mean, I'd like to think it literally makes noise when you eat it. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Get a little crutch. If only. No, some are so sour, they will make you shriek. And so these are Skittles, but some of them are sour, and my mouth is watering just thinking about them. Okay. But what I love about that is it's a it's high concept. Okay, the Pringles, God bless them, they decorated the outside of the can, and but that's great, and we love that. The inside's still the same. But the idea, they were like, you know what? Toss a few sour ones in there. We'll call them shriekers because you, it's a surprise. Have, you have don't you, know which one's going to be sour. Have you hit a shrieker yet? Oh, yeah. They're in, like, every handful. They're and, really good. And you... Can't tell by color. Mm. They will color it the same as any other one. Yeah, they all look the same. You want some? Okay, presumably in this handful is a shrieker. I don't think so. Apologies to anyone who doesn't like mouth noises. I'm so sorry. Mm, yeah. Fast forward a little if you don't like it. Sweet. Did I eat all the shriekers last night? Different flavor. I'm just going to put the last three in at once. Well, they're definitely sour. Well. Mm, one's starting to hit. There you go. I definitely got a bunch last night, so maybe they were front-loaded at the top. <laughs> I'm going to wash this down with some apple cider that Marshall provided. Oh, in case you didn't know, this is our October episode. October hey, 2021. That's why we are we got novelty foods. Ooh. You've got some apple cider. And I got the apple cider to go with these donuts because, as we've discussed in the past... Before the prepackaged candy, which came, I mean, it was around, but really got pushed after World War II for all the baby boomer kids starting to trick-or-treat. Donuts were the name of the game. Back in the day of, like, barn dances and, and, and house parties. parties. Yeah, you yeah. provided donuts. Back- in fact, when we did our episode about spooky radio specials, mm-hmm. there was an episode with a whole bit about donuts and at a house party. I forget. Uh, Father Knows Best. <laughs> yeah, that's he, right. He just had to buy, like, all these donuts. No, he, well, he came home and found that all these donuts had been purchased. Yes. And that's where he learned just how many kids were in his house. Got it. Six gallons of cider, five pounds of popping corn, four cases of soda pop, 144 donuts? There was a possible outbreak of the mumps. <laughs> That's right. And then all these teenagers were going to have to get quarantined at his home. And it was just <laughs> looking down the barrel of this untenable situation. Listen, folks, you're going to have to listen to our episode about Halloween radio. That was a good time. One of our previous Halloweenies. Mm-hmm. We are two Halloweenies uh, broadcasting to a bunch of other Halloweenies, I would be presumptuous enough to say. I'm sure. If you're listening, you're probably a Halloweenie. Now, in the past, we've really put our shoulder into Halloween and, like, exhaustive research and, like, multiple topics per episode. And this time, because we just got done what turned out to be our longest episode ever mm-hmm. and the longest time between episodes ever, I was hoping for something a bit simpler. Yes, yes. I... 
came sans notes to this. Well, I've uh, still got 17 pages of notes. Well, that seems like you. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, I think part of the reason we needed something a little easier, li- life is just grinding back into a little heftier speed for both of us, I think. Yeah. More work, more activity. And so I think it's nice to take a little breather, but especially because our next topic is going to be a little bit more intensive. Sure. P- potentially, although you took 17 pages of notes for this episode, so. So who knows? Who, buddy? Uh, continuing with our spooky gab, though, you took a, a trip, like a planned trip with friends and your husband to a spirit Halloween store. Like this wasn't like, oh, I got to go pick something up or I'm just going to peruse and get ideas, you know, because it's still September. This was a friend trip. This was like a little trip with friends yeah. to go see a thing. And that thing was, you might say, nothing more remarkable than or as remarkable as a spirit Halloween store. Yes. Well, first of all, my husband is my friend. Um, I okay. should be very clear. I don't um, make it sound like you left him at home. <laughs> you were like, you're friends and your husband. Um, no, he's, it was actually Alec's idea. It has been a tradition in years past for Alec and Matthew and I to go to spirit Halloween. Like as soon as a great one opens. And I think part of that is, you know, sometime in the last four or five years, spirit Halloween had this whole like 30th anniversary thing. They were yeah. celebrating their 30th anniversary. And it was like, once that happened, and I think that might have been 2015, it's like they just really started putting their shoulder into polishing their brand and making their stores really awesome. Yeah. And so anyway, it's become a priority. And we just looked and found one that was open, the one in Glendale. That's how you picked the Glendale one. Yeah. Well, there were a few that were open. That one seemed to be one of the closest... And also, it was listed that it was in an old Sears. And I was like, well, at the very least, that's that's interesting. So we picked that one. And Daniel was free, and he came along. So, yeah, we went and checked it out. Daniel bought a few masks, like, to hang on his wall. There were some really cool vintage masks he liked. And um, Spirit Halloween's a good time. Like... They've got incredible animatronics. They have, you know, you look at all the costumes. They're playing good music. Like, it's the place to be these days. I went to the one in Burbank in Mm -hmm. an old Kmart. Nice. Which trivia was where they filmed the pilot for Superstore. Oh, cool. Back when it was open. But now it's closed. And like most closed edifices, it becomes a place that... uh, that becomes spirit, haunted by Spirit Halloween. That Spirit Halloween may haunt once a year. Yeah. Now, probably like the Sears, they didn't use up the entirety of the store. Mm-hmm. Which right. is something that when the Ikea moved, and I heard a, a Spirit Halloween was moving into the Ikea, I'm like, that's like two floors. That's yeah. enormous. Yeah. And it turns out, no, they just section off this one portion, and I guess the rest, they could just ride bikes around. Like I should hope so. Just test echoes. Yeah, that's what I do. take their brakes. When I worked at a Halloween store, it wasn't Spirit. It was called a Halloween Adventure. And we moved into an old Joanne Fabrics, which was fine. It was was a good-sized store. But because we were in a place that used to be something else, the break room had no furniture. We just moved into this vacant place, and they brought all of their Halloween stuff with them. But there was, like, one folding chair. And if you were on break, like, you got the folding chair. And if two people were on break, it was, like, tough. I've got the folding chair. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I assume that your Halloween store that you worked at Mm -hmm. was not as kind of nice as Spirit Halloween. It was pretty nice. I mean, when I was growing up, the Halloween stores that I went to, like, they smelled like 
rubber masks. They did smell like rubber masks. You know, it was just kind of like, there was not a ton of, it was like, they were kind of like. I mean, you were surrounded by Halloween things. Mm -hmm. And it was much bigger than what we had in the past. What did you grow up with as far as... Well, the only reason I brought it up was to say that I was remembering a tweet from 10 days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Melissa Pleckham, who listens to our podcast, she's... By the way, she's so spooky on Twitter and on Instagram. Go follow her. But anyway, she tweeted four pictures of, like, I don't know what store she was at, but one of the one-offs. Clearly not a spirit Halloween. And she said, Halloween is best when it's a wee bit jankety. Look at these pictures. This is what I grew up with. Do you see this? The caging? Yeah. The cages they're hanging things on? Yeah. I mean, Spirit Halloween, sure, will have like temporary walls and everything, but there's an effort to make everything feel kind of cohesive. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, Melissa, yes, that's right. Like, sometimes you go and it's like the off-brand makeup and masks and everything that are, there's a level of charm to it. We, We had some, you know, wizard boy. Instead of uh-huh, Harry Potter. Exactly. Sure. I was at the flagship store when I was applying. Okay. They were like, well, which Halloween store do you Adventure? Be I think Is so. that what it was called? Yeah. It's right. like if, if Spirit was Blockbuster, this was like Hollywood video. Sure. You know? Okay. Yeah. But even back then, what I'm saying is even back then, Spirit Halloween was not what it is today. Yes. I have fond memories and I remember it being very cool. Spirit but lately has leaned into more than just costumes and has gotten into like all the spooky stuff you use all year round. Yeah, they have that. They have cool spooky merch. They have like not just costumes, but like cool clothes that yeah. are like costume inspired. And you they're know? treating themselves less like, well, nobody wants us eight months of the year, so we'll just be here for two. And now they're sort of like, we're only here for two. Come and get us. Like there's become like a an exclusivity to the yeah, time. for sure. Rather than just like, well... Can't make it work for 10 months of the year. But now it's just like, get behind the velvet rope. It's spirit Halloween. Right. Two months and we're gone, people. Come and get your stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm just glad they could hang on for 30 years, 30 plus years, during which time Halloween has really seen like a gigantic boom. Yeah. You know? Uh, If you listen to our History of Halloween episode, Intellectual properties, I'd say thanks to the internet and people who are into them. Letting their voices be heard more. Mm-hmm. Therefore, people say, like, hmm, why don't I make a welcome mat after the sign from Crystal Lake? Right. For example. Mm-hmm. I'd say it feeds into that. But going back, like, before even Spirit Halloween hit your town, do you have any memories of, like, just the corner drugstore? Had, it like, an aisle dedicated or... Certainly, local yeah. Local apartment store? Yeah. I mean, I don't really have any terribly specific memories other than, like, I guess... There was always something you would press that would make a noise, mm. which is always fun. But that was true at Christmas time as well. Well, just as far as it was organized, like the department stores would carry stuff. Mm. And as I understand, drug stores used to be like Halloween headquarters mm-hmm. for many oh, years. Oh, yeah. For me, I don't know that I remember department stores as much as, but definitely drug stores, at least in my area. But then at my local mall, which for visual reference, you can watch Lovely Bones, a very small but wonderful, what we would now today call a pop-up, I suppose, with just those temporary mesh walls so you can hang things wherever you yes. want. Just formed like a big square box. Uh-huh. Big black box in the middle of like the promenade. And you'd go inside it and it was the most like concentrated Halloween I'd experienced hitherto. Nice. Because it was like they had aisles but they were just like these little squeeze things. But you just have like Halloween in your face and if you 
took a step too far back and bump into more Halloween. I can see how that would have a huge impact on you because I think about how lucky we are that any day of the year, for the most part, we can go to Halloween Town weekend because we live here. The Halloween store. Right. But also, even if you don't have a Halloween Town in your town, you have the internet, you can order a bunch of cool Halloween stuff. Like, Halloween is a thing where... Sure. You can make you could make your house Halloween every day, all day. But like in the time before the internet was like super pervasive and before Halloween had this like huge resurgence, you know, you'd have to wait until that time of year yeah. and stumble into the slapshod, you know, fence box in the middle of the mall. And then you've got to be like fed by this. It's kind of what I hear it was like going to like regional horror conventions in the 80s when it was like you just that was where you got to see your fellow weirdos and that was it. Yeah. Maybe one other kid in your town or something. But like for the most part. You didn't have to wait for the back to school section to get cleared out and replaced with the Halloween section. Right. What are you doing here? I I'd like to buy a mask for Halloween, please. I went there not as an outing like you did, but I enjoyed it once I was there, the, the spirit Halloween mm-hmm. store. The massive cardboard structures. That oh, like yeah. They were factory themed. A did big you, wolf man. Did they have the pumpkin carving machine? Probably. I walked through a thing where the floors were sort of like gels. Yes. And that it looked like you were stepping in puddles of blood. Yes. It was all squishy. Very cool. And there were zombies on all sides. and That big wolf man was very The big very wolf scary. man was there. I was so glad it was like, like the one you went to because I was actually going there to shop. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, well, maybe I can get to Glendale too so I can see all the stuff. And I was like, oh, it's here also. Yeah. What were you shopping for? I'll tell you. I've decided um, I've got a Halloween party coming up early in October and I still want to wear a mask, like mm-hmm. have my mouth covered, mm-hmm. but I also don't want the entirety of my face covered. So, mad scientist surgeon. I've already got the lab coat from a couple years previous. I've got like a, a head wrap, you know, what, what surgeons wear on their heads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a white face mask with strings that I had to buy in a package of 48. Whoa. Because these are made for like hospitals, you know. Whoa. They're not really made for Halloween costumes. Uh-huh. One, one or two or a few. Let me see what we're working with here. Oh, my God. I tried, like, a Googling MASH Halloween costume. Because, uh-huh. you know, it's like that right. old MASH drawstring. I don't know what I'll mask. use these for, but I'll take them. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a mad scientist for Halloween. And then I've got the gloves. They're old Darth Vader gloves that I used for a Captain Hammer <laughs> okay. costume back in the day. Uh-huh. And while I was at Spirit, I was looking at the um, steampunk goggles. Yeah. For the mad scientist That's goggles. whole section. And then I realized welding goggles, I looked them up, are actually cheaper. Like, the real deal. Welding goggles. So I just got these. Nice. Today. Wow. These are cool. Yeah. And they're, they're more scientific. Wow. They, they have less of a Victorian flair. You better me. not put these over your actual eyes. You can barely see anything. You can barely see. However, um, I sent a picture to my dad, who used to be a welder. Right. And he wrote back, that's shade five for gas welding or using a cutting torch. You need a number 10 to arc weld or look at the sun. So... Just cool. making sure I don't look at the sun with these. And it's like, well, I'm going to push them up on my forehead and look like a mad scientist. That's awesome. I didn't go there and actually purchase anything, but uh, I just went in there to, like, soak it in. Nice. Nice. 
Uh, Kat, mm-hmm. we did a, a magnum opus last year, editing-wise, what I will call the pet sounds of boys and ghouls, <laughs> where we talked about our thoughts on how to do Halloween in 2020, how to do Halloween during a pandemic. And we had some good thoughts, I think, but the podcast went up on October 1st. It's not like we could prove them out or, you know, see if any of them were actually any fun. I did take my own advice and went to a, a cemetery a few times. Mm-hmm. In October mm-hmm. to get that free and open, mm-hmm. that was key, experience. And on Halloween Day, I went to Goulardi's grave, Ernie Anderson, who's buried I think here. you took... Oh, we've been there together. We've been there together. Yes. But um, I took a little pumpkin there. That's and, nice. Uh, and put it on his was grave. Was there anything else on his grave? There wasn't. But when I left, there was a little pumpkin I with like... That. You know, when the pumpkin's small enough, you don't carve it. You just make a little face with a marker. Of course. Yeah. That's, oh, that's what nice. I did. But then I still wanted to give out candy for trick-or-treating. So a friend of mine has a house in North Hollywood, and we set up a a tube, a bit of PVC piping to go down at an angle, and we tested it with different kinds of candies. Your disc-shaped things wouldn't go too well because they didn't touch enough of the pipe Mm -hmm. to get some some motion. But your fun-size candy bars just right down it. And we set it up, and we got some, like, spooky music. And it was on sort of like a ladder, and we had this gal come over who was like new to Los Angeles, and poor dear girl. She moved right as COVID was starting. I think about like, those people who moved to new cities right before. Oh my goodness. She was like, hello LA. I'm and ready then, to explore you. Yeah, I'm ready to conquer Los Angeles. Uh. And then had to stay in her apartment for months and months and months. But she came out and got dressed, and that poor dear heart, who just wanted to give out some candy to children... We got zero children. Oh, my goodness. And I got a ton of candy. I bet you did. But you were prepared, and that's yeah. that's the important thing. You were you held the proverbial candle alight for Halloween. Thank you. Yeah. What did you get up to? So I am almost always with Matthew on Halloween night. I'm usually at his apartment on Halloween night. We have many traditions that we do every single year. One of which, because he lives right off of Santa Monica Boulevard in mm-hmm. West Hollywood, is to go to the what they call the Halloween Parade, which is really just like a street. Yes, yeah. it's just. Tur- turns out in you the are the parade. That's right. I had to discover that. And we don't usually spend a ton of time. We walk down a ways and we walk back and to his place. But we like to get out into it just a little bit, see costumes. Sure. Some people have really incredible ones. But last year, you know, we were not vaccinated yet, and we were trying to be safe, so. At our last apartment, we had this really lovely patio that you spent some time on Mm. during COVID. And in order to stay safe, Alec, bless him, threaded like a bunch of cords outside, set up a TV. I mean, it was a beautiful, we had beautiful weather. So he set up a computer monitor. Gorgeous sky that night. Yes, it was. Got some pictures. He linked the computer monitor to a laptop so we could watch things. So we watched Halloween cartoons, we watched a bunch of stuff, had snacks and everything, but we were able to stay six feet apart from Matthew. And we got to hang out and watch cartoons and all the things that we like to do on Halloween night, but just outside and safer, which was great. What did other people get up to? Well, I on November 1st, I went on Instagram and just entered in Burbank and just looked for Halloween photos from different people. And I've saved them for a year. Wow. We'll now look at. 
Okay, so here's um, just some kids trick-or-treating. Uh, just a big old tube. Yep. Which um, we didn't decorate our tube. I mean, we tried. We stuck like a bat on it. But they um, they put like orange stripes onto a black tube. And I know the tube is really big and it makes me think they're giving out big candy. It's probably just the size of tube they could find. Yeah. A lot of sort of take one tables. Yep. Which usually mean that no one's home. But in this case, I'm sure someone was home. Yes. And you couldn't just like stuff a bunch in your pockets. 2020 probably really redefined the take one candy bowl. Uh, here's a wall. Just a, oh, a, a that's low nice. wall. Kind of looks like the kind of wall that like Linus and Charlie Brown probably like mm-hmm. contemplate life on. And they just spaced out bags of candy. Yeah. For people to get. That's cool. This one too, but it's cups. And oh, all... and it's in the driveway and they're all spaced apart so you could go grab your cup without getting too near anybody. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, and it the cu- all very just say, cups full of candy. Cups full of candy. Yeah. She looked just like Boris so this is the giant spider web where they would put candy like in the spider web. Wow. And then you'd go up and like take some for yourself. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this guy had long tentacles like, like, <laughs> like an octopus. Oh, wow. So I'm looking at a guy with a costume. Essentially, it's an octopus. His head is inside the, the body of the octopus, the head of the octopus. But there's a long tentacle with which I presume he's handing out candy. Yeah. Like he's on one side of the fence. Yes. He's got the little kid on the other side of the fence. Wow. And then looks like somebody had a pony ride. That's pretty cool. Wow. Beautiful ride. sky. Yeah, and, and and pictures of the sky because yeah. we had some nice pink and purple clouds on I Halloween just night. Brilliant last year. orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. That, that's what uh, people managed to get up to. Kind of what we thought they would, you know, like tubes. Well, thanks for circling back around to that, so we could sort of reflect on it. It was such a weird year, but I still feel like we made some great memories in the month of October. We did spooky stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, we, the um, where I bought that little pumpkin. It's a florist most mm-hmm. of the year, but it's yeah. like pumpkin patch and petting zoo and like a little, but very effective maze. Oh, it's great. That you and yeah. I went through. Yeah. If you could call it a maze. I mean, it's just a little walk through. They call it a maze. Yeah. But yeah, you just walk through and... Um, a light zigzag. Matthew also reminded me that one time he and I, I took him yeah. and we... Oh, no, to that? Mm-hmm. He reminded me that we paid and they said, do you want scary or not scary? And we were like, scary. And they went... Give me a minute. And then, like, ran <laughs> over to, like, I guess, get inside the maze to give us our one scare. Yeah, yeah, the big scare at the end. But I love that they were just kind of, like, hoping we would say, like, no, not scary. But we said scary, and they were like, okay. Does it cost more for scary? No. Well, they're, they're scary. <laughs> okay. Marshall. The concept of our episode is thus. Because in the last Halloween, or Halloween is 2020, we got into, like, you don't need to hold a big party, just have a movie party. And you don't even need to invite anybody, just whoever's in your house. (laughs) Just make it special with little touches. Well, let's move that up, like, a notch. Like, I'm not ready to invite in the whole crew, but I was ready to invite you over. That's right. And you were ready to invite me over. Baby steps. Baby steps. (laughs) Also... Boy, it burns me sometimes when we're preparing for an episode and I look at your Insta story and you're watching like one of the movies and then I'm watching one of the movies and I'm like, can't we just figure out a way to watch a movie together? (laughs) Yeah. Like like, even before pandemic, we've been doing this for years Yeah. and we've watched so few movies 
at the same time. That's true. And I do take your point, and we can incorporate that more. But I also think there is a beauty to coming together to be like... Yeah. Oh my god, this is what the experience was like we, for me. We, we do save our reactions yeah. for in front of the mic. I think that going to a movie together or watching a movie together can be really good for Spooky Gab. Like, I'm certain we must have talked about seeing Blackbeard's ghost at the New Beverly, right? Did I'm we sure. talk about that on the podcast? We said that we did it. Yeah, so I feel like something like that is really good for Gab. But I take your point. Yeah. Yeah. So for a topic, it was decided that we would host each other. We can host each other. Party of we two. We couldn't do that the way we could do it last year. That's true. It's so exciting. And you went first. Because yes. you said, you're probably going to be decorated before I am. And that's you were true. Yes, that's true. But also you were busy editing our last episode. So you had a lot of work ahead of you. Yeah. So I was happy to go first. And then I sent you a lengthy note about like, here are the categories yeah. on which our nights will be here's broken something, into. Here's something that if you're listening... If you've listened to more than a few episodes of our show, then this will not surprise you. But the thing about Marshall Mm. is that it's why I love hanging out with you, spending time with you, going to cemeteries with you, exploring Los Angeles and beyond with you. It's because Marshall will find a way to dig in and explore and notice all the little things about any given situation. And he you're not a surface level gent. So if we're going to do a night where we're hosting each other for a movie night, the way you initially presented it to me was, I'll show you a movie, you show me a movie, maybe a cartoon or something before, you can serve some treats if you want, and that'll be easy. And then I get this lengthy, <laughs> we, we've started sharing notes about our episodes, and it's like, here are approximations of time constraints, here's what we'll talk about on the podcast, and it was like really... Robust, I didn't and I was think like, we should go over two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. No, I and think I wanted that's to good. assure you that I wouldn't. Right, is a lot what that was about. Sure. Well, at any rate, I appreciated it because I like having parameters, and it also kind of created a scorecard. Not that anybody wins here, but just the idea of like, here are the buckets that we think make a good fun night of you hosting, um, hosting a Halloween night. And for my money, I think just to show that you can put a lot of thought and care into a little movie night, Mm -hmm. even if it's just for one other person, you can make it feel extremely special. And this is how we did it in three, two. Good evening, folks. And a hearty welcome to Art Theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. One that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourself. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. I added a a category without telling you, which is the gift. Mm. The gift from the guest to the host. Well, that was a nice surprise. A small token, which in my case was to you a pair of socks. Yeah. So Marshall brought me a little bag. Mm. Um, with a little tissue paper. It was a lovely surprise for his hostess. And yeah, it, it was a pair of movie popcorn-themed socks. With like the stripes. Yeah. The popcorn box stripes, which yeah. I've become very enamored with of late. But they're the cutest socks, and I will wear them every time I watch a movie. Crisp, hot, delicious popcorn. Go ahead. Get some. And then uh, I asked the cat decorate, which Wild Horse is going to stop you from decorating. No. And I have to say... Your decorating is classy and precise and not spare, but I'm going to talk about myself now, which is I got all kinds of bric-a-brac 
and fun stuff that just stays up all year round. One year for Thanksgiving, I tried to uh, throw a themed thing called, called Tiki Giving. And, I saw the decor. And the summer before, I went and bought a bunch of tiki stuff. And then I put it all out for Thanksgiving so we can make tiki drinks to go along with the, the meal. But I have enough visual noise already of fun things, I like to think, that it all just sort of disappeared into the visual melee that already is my living room. Sure. So Halloween can be similar for me. But you keep a, a much neater home that doesn't look like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well, the rest of the year. So, so, so well, you put up pops. I think some of that has to do with marriage. Yes. So when you, I don't have to check with anybody when I put up some. Totally, weird totally, and like I think part of it is Alec and I have just kind of honed our our collective style in our home mm-hmm. as we it's gone along. We've had conversations over the years, and we get rid of things and we add things, and we've sort of. We try every year to, like, add one more nice thing to our little Halloween collection, and we try to kind of stream... We've decided we want to do a lot more pumpkins, so you'll notice a lot of pumpkins around. But, yeah, we we try to keep it pretty spare. What I will say Mm -hmm. is one thing he really taught me is how important lighting is. And I was going to say, you put a lot into lighting. Yeah. Which, the rest of the year, you can just turn off. Exactly. Not even the rest of the year, the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Anytime you don't want your... Very well-crafted Halloween lighting. You just literally flip right. a switch. So Alec took the time to craft a Halloween lighting scheme. And this is, he did this a couple years ago. Some greens. We did this with our Philips Hue light bulbs. Now, these are not terribly cheap, but they're energy efficient and they're smart bulbs. And so if you place them all over, you can create lighting schemes. Each one can be a different color, a different brightness. And, and you don't have to drag a program into the closet and then take it out the next That's year. right. You just hit the button that says Halloween and everything, you know. So yeah, purples, greens, reds, oranges, and that just sort of puts a wash over the whole room that makes yeah. it look kind of spooky. Oh yeah. It's one of my favorite things about spooky season is much like the homes in the area that have lights and everything, at night it transforms. Like our apartment becomes spooky. Much like the outside of the actual haunted mansion. Yes. Which is not particularly spooky. No. But then they've started putting these spooky lights on it at night. Mm Mm-hmm. So it really pops at night. Yeah. So lighting was key for the presentation of my spooky night. A tasteful splay of bats. Oh, yes. Not directly over the TV, I wouldn't say. No. they. But off to the side. They're kind of taking off. And that was my most high-impact discovery last year. I bought those bats on Amazon, and I'm sure they're still there. Just search for, like, bat decorations on Amazon. They're they're plastic. They're like a shiny plastic. And it came in a giant bag of bats and spiders. Some of the spiders were in webbing around my mirror. But you just take tape and do the little roll of scotch tape like you would if you're making doing presents. Stick them to the wall. But I made mine like a flock. They have small ones. They have medium-sized ones. They have big ones. And they sort of spray out. I mean, it's fun. You can make your own like high-concept bat moment. Uh, you put out, you have vintage magazines out all year, but you put out like the spookier ones. Yeah, I'm a collector. I don't buy them all the time, but when I run across one in a bookstore or something, I will get like an old life magazine. 
One of the notable ones I have is from October 31st, 1960, I think. And it's kids in Halloween costumes on the front of a Life magazine. Pretty cool. Actually, I think Alec might have found that one on my birthday, 2014, which was the day after we got engaged. It was a very magical weekend. Mm. We were at Book Castle Movie World, the now, may it rest in peace, this incredible bookstore. And happened to find a Halloween one. That was pretty awesome. So, yeah, there's one with Charles Manson on the front. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one I have that's also on the table that is... The Nurse Murders? Yeah. Richard Speck. Right. Yeah. You got some skull throw pillows I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Home goods. I remember getting those last year at Home Goods. Leaves around the window. Love, love leaf garland. It's one of my favorite things. Michael's has a lot of really great ones. They can be kind of expensive, but a couple of them can go a long way. We put them over our uh, big picture window in the living room. Gorgeous. We're down ceramic pumpkins on either side of a countdown to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Do you keep up with that? Like, is today, yeah, say, so like, 32? Unfortunately, because those blocks are only really meant to be used for 31 days of Halloween, not for psychopaths like me who start <laughs> celebrating at 50 days, I try to keep them as accurate as I can, but the number combinations don't work from, like, 38 to 31, I so... Say. It's been 32 days to Halloween for, like, five days, but I think it's about to finally be accurate if it isn't already. Yeah, so I keep up with those. Change it out every morning. All right. I love a good Halloween countdown. There's only 365 days left till next Halloween. 364. If there was a Miss Manners for a Halloween movie night for two, the next part would be the settle-in, which is... You're not watching the movie or the pre-show, whatever it may be. Snacks aren't even on the table yet. You're kind of getting the tour. What do you put on as ambiance? And how do you occupy your guest while you're taking care of last-minute details? Right. Well, I took a cue from you many years ago. You taught me that one of the best things you can do at a party, one of the best things you can put on are movie trailers. Because if you put on an actual movie, and I've been to many parties where there's a movie on, Mm -hmm. a lot of times people feel obligated to sit and watch it. Even if it sounds off. Um, uh-huh. 100%. Because they're like, oh, I remember this part. Or somebody's like, oh, I haven't seen this one. And, you know. It's like when a misanthrope finds a dog yeah. at the party. It's like, listen, I'd be talking to people, but Poltergeist with the sound off is playing. And I've only seen this four times. Right. Movie party is what it is, folks. We're going to a movie party. Trailers are great because people can pop in and pop out and whatever. And now we have the technology more than ever to just go on YouTube. Yeah. Or what have you, and just pick trailers. Now, you, Marshall, are extremely Mm. good at, like, curating the types of things you would want to show someone. But, yes, for the lazy party thrower and, and, you know... You didn't just show trailers. No, I didn't. But I was able to just sort of do a quick search for a few days and go, like, ah, what would be good? And what I landed on was 80s and 90s Halloween commercials. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yes. Reese's. Perfect. Yeah. And it was great. You were engrossed. I mean, yeah. it's it was a lot of fun. I really find it's a, such a good combo of things that it's either, oh my gosh, I remember this, or oh my god, I don't remember this. So either way, you're winning. What do you get when you combine the irresistible taste of fruit snacks with the spookiness of goosebumps? And it's nice because if you need to talk to your guests, or guest, if you just have one fully vaccinated one friend VIP over... Guest. You can have a little conversation about what you're watching, pull away from it for a minute. Something else is going to come up in another 60 seconds. Everyone will try to get their hands on them, but they're only around for a limited time. So what's really scary is running out. Now, oh, uh, also you occupied me with a coloring book. I forgot what you were doing. 
but you're like, Marshall, here's a Halloween coloring book and some I colored was, pencils. While I was prepping the snacks, okay. I actually brought over some options for you. I brought over a couple of Halloween coloring books. There was a Halloween activity book. So it wasn't just coloring, which you ended up choosing to do. I think you found a Wolfman. I did find a Wolfman. But there were also, like, word searches and things like that. So, like, kids' activity books for you to... For this adult man. Right. (laughs) And if I do say so myself, it was delightful. You know, I kind of feel like, how often do you get as an adult to, like, sit down and color? I mean, I've I've given as gifts those adult coloring books, but I've never actually sat down with one. Well, all the better that I kind of forced your hand because I think you had no pun intended. I think you had a good time, and I was preparing. Where, where's forced the, your hand. The pun? For, uh, okay, ha ha. Because you were coloring with your hand. Yeah. Um, but I was prepping the snacks, which were. So I texted you before we got together, and I said, "I bet I will win the award for snacks that came the furthest." And you had just come from New York City, like a few days before. That's right. So I thought you were bringing in something from, like, the Magnolia Bakery. Sorry to disappoint you, Marshall. Was not disappointed. But please, uh, you had what kind of a, a tray? They still did f- come from far away, from Anaheim. What kind of a tray, are you saying? Yeah. Well, that was a homemade charcuterie board that my father-in-law made with his own two hands, like, from different types of wood. It's classy. He's very talented. Yeah, it's a big, beautiful cutting charcuterie board. And what I presented to you Mm. were three specialty Halloween time treats from Disneyland, which I had just been to two days before. And in order to keep everything fresh, I... Sealed them up tight in Ziploc bags separately, put them in the fridge. Happy Halloween. And then the day of, a few hours before I took them out and let them thaw. Now these, Not that they were frozen, just chilled. These were treats that you can only get this time of year. Right. Okay. One was a mouse head shape, Mickey Mouse sh- uh, head, shaped sugar cookie with some real expert icing. Yeah, it was that, purple icing with like sort of a Halloween spider purple. web. Yeah, with like a black spider web detail. Yeah. And then there was, it was supposed to uh, simulate pumpkin pie, but it was Rice Krispie Treat. Yeah. In the shape of a slice And you'll of pumpkin be pleased pie. to know that in the case where I got it from, the way that they have it is they do make it in a pie pan. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a pie and they do cut slices out. So, yeah, you've got, like, your crust. The, the, the whole thing is Rice Krispie Treat, but the orange part that would be the pie part is pumpkin spice flavored. And the crust part was also flavored. Yeah, or a little bit. was different flavored from Right. I think that part. was a more standard, you know, Rice Krispie, Rice Krispie, Krispie Treat. Treat part. Still, the fact that I was getting two flavors yeah. from this simulated pie yeah. was, was pretty great. It was really exciting. And then a variation on the candied apple. What was it sold as? So they called it a poison apple. Poison apple. So it was a Granny Smith apple with caramel and then what they called, I think, confectioner's glaze on the outside. But it was done in the picture-perfect style of the poison apple from Snow White. So it was like red and green, that kind of dripping skull face, but made with candy. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And that... Tasted as good as it looked. It did. Because that confectioner's... What, what I think it? they called it confectioner's glaze. The confectioner's glaze. I used to get candied apples because the carnival would only come like twice a year. And it's like, well, tomorrow they're just going to pull up steaks and there'll be no more candied apples. And then I realized I didn't even like candied apples <laughs> that much. It was just the exclusivity yeah. of the candied apples I was after. And caramel apples, better, but still not great. But uh, these poison apples... Or uh, really something else. 
the pre-show. You know, a little something to, to set the tone and warm the evening up before we show our feature presentation. And you went all a, in on one thing. Yeah, I picked a pretty long movie, and so I didn't want to do too much of a pre-show. And I felt so strongly about my one thing. Yes. Now we get into what separates the exclusive, I guess we could call it, Halloween movie night from a, you know, having lots of people over to watch a movie, is your programming for one person. So we sort of strayed away from crowd pleasers, that's for sure. Yeah. And went more into what we'd really like that other person in our life to see. Which makes it doubly hard when the other person is you because you've seen everything. I've seen a lot. You've seen a lot. But there's you've seen a lot more than I have. And also... We watch different stuff. We do. We do. And also, I put a lot of self-imposed pressure on myself because mm. I want to surprise and delight you. And like, I like to think that I know what you'll like, but it can be a challenge to find something you haven't seen. I go to a lot of movies. It's my thing. What I picked is an episode, a couple of a couple of chapters of a mini series, a cartoon mini series that I was turned on to a year or two ago by my dear friend Nick called Over the Garden Wall. And each episode is only like eleven minutes. And there are, I think seven or nine chapters of the show it's enough that you could sip on it a little bit mm. one or two chapters a night it's bingeable but i don't recommend it i agree watch I, it spaced out yeah i think you could spread it out over your october and really color your month with some excellent content where are we in the woods i mean what are we doing out here we're walking home Greg, I think we're lost. We, sh we should have left a trail or something. I can leave a trail of candy for my pants. <sighs> no. I showed you the first two episodes of Over the Garden Wall. The second one was the one you really wanted me to see. The yeah. first one was so I could get the setup. Exactly. Hey, look. Pottsfield, one mile. A town. Let's go this way. So the premise is like two boys are lost in the woods. In these fantastic woods. In a woods. mysterious place. Yeah. We really know backstory. We just know they're brothers. One's older, one's younger. The older one's voiced by Elijah Wood. Mm -hmm. First episode has Christopher Lloyd as a voice. Mm -hmm. and Melanie Linsky plays a bluebird. Yeah. She's wonderful. And it's got all the elements of a storybook tale from long ago. And it's not cynical about it. It manages to be modern without being cynical mm -hmm. about the format. Mm -hmm. I would which, agree with that. Which is very nice. Yeah. What the... Oh, pardon me there. Say you folks to don your vegetables and celebrate the harvest with us. Uh, oh, you're wearing costumes. Well, sure. Pumpkins can't move on their own, can they? So in the second one, they stumble upon a town, and the town is empty, and everyone in the town is wearing pumpkins on their heads, and they never take off the pumpkins, so it looks like, are they, are they pumpkins that came to life? And their bodies are dressed sort of scarecrowy, old-timey yeah, as well. Yeah, a little mm -hmm. like, uh, what's on this postcard here? Oh, very much. Wow. A little collection of vintage Halloween postcards. I'm Very down to much. the last couple. Yeah, so because I purchased the series on iTunes, I watched a couple little behind-the-scenes things about the music and just the show itself. And Elijah Wood, I think, helped produce it. And he said, you know, if this, if this show were a song, it would be played on a phonograph. And I think that that is an extremely accurate depiction. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about the rest of the series too much um, okay. because I don't want to get into spoilers because I, I went into this miniseries knowing nothing. How about just this episode? Yeah, we can talk about this episode. Say, aren't you a little too early? What do you mean? 
I mean, it doesn't seem like you're ready to join us just yet. Join you? Yeah, no, I'm just passing through. Folks don't tend to pass through Hotsfield. Well, they stumble upon a barn dance where the pumpkin people are dancing, but because they'd stepped on a couple of pumpkins on their way in, they're being punished by this giant, you might say, great pumpkin. He's a great pumpkin. <laughs> now, hold on, everybody. <laughs> Let's not jump to any conclusions. Whoa. Voiced by Chris Isaac, of all things, mm-hmm. who I think I blew your mind yesterday. Yeah. Where I sent you a clip of uh, sometimes cowboy actor Claude Aiken. Yeah, I was not Claude familiar. Aiken. I was familiar enough I could find him. I didn't know his name, but I was like, that voice. And then I just like pulled up a YouTube clip of him doing a, a Trailways commercial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. I'm not saying that Greyhound is just another bus, but until you test ride a Trailways, you'll never know what the best bus is. Chris Isaac is mm-hmm. doing the voice of this character actor who was most popular in like the 60s and 70s. Which tracks for me because not that I know, knew who Claude Aiken was, but when I heard Chris Isaac's voice of this character which i'm sure you can if you haven't already you should place it so that people can hear it okay so by the order of the pottsville chamber of commerce i find you guilty of trespassing destruction of property disturbing the peace and murder murder oh no not murder that voice to me sort of intimates that feeling of like a burl ives or yeah. any one of those voiceovers from, like, a TV special, holiday special of any kind from the 60s and 70s. Friendly, a little Southern, paternal, but menacing in this case. Very deep, very husky. And so, though I didn't know that specific, I think you've nailed it, by the way. It has to be yeah. what he was doing for this voice. But, yeah, this great pumpkin that they seem to be worshipping in some way. He's the leader. Yeah. Definitely. He tells our heroes that they got to do some manual labor to work off their debt of having stepped on some pumpkins on the way into town. And they're like, okay. Until they dig up a couple of skeletons. Yeah. And it goes from there. It goes from there. Oh, are we leaving already? Let's leave immediately. I went into Over the Garden Wall extremely blind. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, wow, thanks for finally getting with the program. Everybody's seen this show. Maybe that's true. But if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't, this is just excellent. It's so perfect for October viewing. Trust me. Watch the whole thing. Thank me later. Thank Kent later. And I certainly hope, Marshall, that you watch the rest of it. I know you've watched another chapter since we watched. I've gone one chapter uh, further. Good. And now, our feature presentation. All right, Kat. You picked a certainly non-traditional Halloween movie, but it is a movie that actually features Halloween as opposed to just a, a scary movie. Yeah. You knew that I was going to pick a comedy, so I thought you were going to go just more into the scary. Right. So when you told me the name of the movie, which is... Boys in the Trees. An Australian film. Mm-hmm. I was picturing kind of like something in the outback, <laughs> a bunch of like feral kids in the trees. Right. Some kind of like a Wolf Creek survival tale. Uh, it is not that. No. You know, you mentioned that since you were going to show a comedy, maybe I show something scary. Because what I wanted to do was find something extremely Halloween-y. Mm-hmm. But as we've discussed on this podcast before, there just aren't terribly many horror movies of quality that are... Very, very, very Halloweeny, like dripping with Halloween specifically. This is the night, the night of the grave delight. Plenty of scary movies out there, but ones that are really perfect for October. 
you know, the trick or treats of the world. It's just harder to come by. And so this was a movie that I knew was very Halloween focused Mm -hmm. and I knew you hadn't seen it. So I thought, so I thought, well, let's give this a shot. I had only seen it once. What what Um, drew you to it the first time? Well, the first time I was able to see an early screener before it was released because I was reviewing horror movies for a website at the time. Okay. So I saw it. That's when you were a horror honey. Yeah. I saw it early and I watched it by myself on my computer and I guess it came out in like 2016. It blew my mind because I was like, this is so fun and it's very visually beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I believe Nicholas Verso, who directed it, wrote and directed it. I think he's prior to that had just directed a lot of music videos. And I think he's also a DJ. He's very, very musically focused. He had done a short, I looked this up after I saw it because I went in cold. All I knew was the name and it was from Australia. Yeah. He had done a short film that also deals with teenage boys in their relating to each other and I believe it was also I didn't watch it it's on YouTube though mm-hmm. I think it's called The Last Time I Saw Richard if I remember correctly I think the short film was like I think the feature was from the short film like I think it's the same similarly tone okay it takes place like in a mental hospital for teens oh okay and one of the stars is in it but he was younger so he played sort of like the younger guy and now he's older so he plays like the older guy sure that sort of um, James Dean Sal Mineo relationship that's been echoing through films ever since A Rebel Without a Cause. Hey, they're not your mates. Your mates are over here. Go on, go. This is a coming-of-age story. It is. But it uses Halloween as a backdrop. And Australian Halloween is bigger now than it was then. It's still not huge, right? Well, what I said oh, to you... Oh, it's set in 1997. Yeah, so it's set in 1997. So it's nostalgic. From what I understand, Halloween was not a thing in Australia in 1997, which I love that there's retconning being done on the part of the director to, like, make Halloween night this, like, crazy, wild, we're TPing houses, we're doing all the American Halloween things there's in 1997 when that would not have been going on still there. Still traditional trick-or-treaters. And they even applied right. a past... Where when they were kids, which was not that long ago. Right. Like four years previously. But to them, it's like forever. Totally. That they were trick-or-treating. Yeah. And now they're the older kids, so they're running around on their bikes and skateboards, and they're vandalizing things. Yeah. What are you meant to be? Sheep in wolves' clothing? Whatever. Halloween's just an American invention to sell lollies. They never steal candy, which I'm glad about. Yeah. I don't condemn that. What I love, though, is that I love the idea of a country where American Halloween, as we celebrate it, Mm -hmm. really didn't exist in that time, but choosing to overlay it onto a time where it wouldn't have happened. They have a whole Day of the Dead section whose customs are as foreign to Australia as American Halloween. Sure. They don't have Day of the Dead any more than they had American Halloween, but they brought in both to tell this story. Are we certain that that's specifically Day of the Dead and not some kind of like Australian Aboriginal thing? I'm not. I don't. I'm not. It, it, it does is, look like Day of the Dead. It is to Day me. of the Dead. There's an Aboriginal character there. Yes. Who is there? Once they, they sort of start going through love. So it's this boy who. Let's see. Which one am I talking about here? There's two boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of who. They used to hang out, and the other one went to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah. And is now participating in bullying the other one, who is small and more than likely gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But on this Halloween night, they reconnect when one of them takes a spill on his skateboard, and he's like, I might have a concussion. You better walk me home. And then he convinces him to play this game that they used to play when they were kids, 
which is... It's like um, a make-believe game. Yeah, make-believe game. If you're cutting through the woods to go home, that we will pretend to see monsters and ghosts and such. Yeah. But for this evening, all the monsters and ghosts represent different facets of growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they go to the school, and he talks about the wolves and the walls, and it's just boys going through puberty and becoming jerks. Yeah. And he talks about the zombies, and the zombies are the people who didn't pursue their dreams. And just languished at home and just watching in front TV, of the TV. Yeah. And their old dream, their ignored dreams become infected and mm-hmm. start to spread their infection. Mm-hmm. Things like that, which yeah. these parts are the most visually exciting parts. Yes. Trick or treat! It is a coming-of-age story. It's a story about lessons, about developing character. Like, what kind of person do you want to be? And, you know, feeling sad about mistakes you've made. So in that way, it's kind of... I feel like it's a really meditative story about about grief and about growing up. And I think it's visually really beautiful. It was really interesting watching this again five years after I saw it because I don't think it had impact as big a wallop as it did on me the first time I watched it. But I love, in many ways, I loved that because I felt like, you know, sometimes movies really serve us. And then maybe later we're like, you know, that just doesn't have as big an effect. Vice versa, sometimes we see a movie and we're like, oh, that was cool. And then you see it 10 years later and you identify with a different character. The movie's the same, but you've grown. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And five years, that's just five more years you have distance from your own teenage years. Yeah. So you can look back and be like, yep. Or no. Depending on how much you relate to these characters. Sure. It is very much about boys. It's right there in the title. Very much about boys. Shouldn't you be with your wolves gangbanging some mental defective from the drama class? (laughs) At least I got mates. Yeah, and I'm sure they're awesome once you get to know them. Yeah, they are. Then why are you here? I watched a couple of interviews about it, and I went on the IMDb trivia. And one detail that I haven't been able to, like, completely get out of my head is that there are no cars in the movie. Until the end, there's, like, an emergency vehicle. But part of it was just a production choice because because they chose to make it a nostalgia piece in the yesteryear of 1997, which is a while ago, but Mm -hmm. it was still... You were, like, 13 at the time. I did the math today. Yep. I was already out of high school at the time. So that's where we were in relation yeah, yeah. to what they were trying to do with, by the way, a real 97 soundtrack. Oh, that's one of the best parts, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of needle drops, a lot of great tunes. No money went into cars, but a lot went into that soundtrack. <laughs> wow, no so cars. rather than just kind of bust their butts trying to make sure no cars past 97 got into frame, they just said, no Screw cars. it. No cars. No cars. Which makes it feel a little more surreal in a way that you really can't put your finger on. And it makes it feel like more of a kid's world. Sure. Even though part of it takes place at a convenience store gas station. Yeah. There's still no cars. Yeah. Everyone's either on a skateboard or a bike or they're walking. Right. That's it. Wow. You just blew my mind. Right. I'm so fascinated by those kinds of like psychologically subtle things that I could mm-hmm. never have described that to you unprompted as part of the reason why the movie feels surreal and dreamlike. Also, being Australia, it is very specifically summertime there. Yeah. Because their seasons are reversed and they had just finished the school year. Right. Which you could tell, you just sort of had to reverse engineer the fact that they had all 
all these signatures all over their white shirts. Yeah. And you realize, like, oh, that must be a custom there. Right. And I don't even know if it's an Australian custom or just to, like, one town. Or maybe it was just a filmmaker custom. Like, we have no way of knowing. Is that an Australian thing? I tried thing? to Google it and nothing came up. Sure. I like say, signing t-shirts instead of yearbooks. Yeah. yeah. There's some traditions that I thought everyone had. Yeah. That turns out was like, no, that's just your high school. Right. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, we're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you, you sort of catch on that like they had just finished high school. So this is one of those coming of age, you're at a pivotal point. You know, do I stay and hang with me mates? Yeah. Or do I go on and risk it? And uh, go to New York and become a photographer. Go to New York. Yeah. So, did you enjoy the movie? I, was, I, I We kind of talked about how it probably could have done with some trimming. Like, it was pretty long. It's like over two hours. It's yeah, a long there, movie. There, there was a few things that were sort of putting a hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. But I got over my dismay that it wasn't a scary movie and embraced that... I was being shown this specifically because you wanted me to see it. Yeah. And you found a way for me to see it. And I don't know how much you, like, checked on me. You know what I mean? Like, you might check on somebody during a comedy to see if they're laughing. Mm. I don't know. To it's see a little if bit harder emoting. to tell if people are engrossed in something. Like, if it's not a laughter thing, it's a little bit harder. You did tell me to be quiet a couple of times. Well, you were narrating a lot. Yeah. Which, in your defense, I feel like you were wanting to make sure that... I I think you even said that, like, you thought it would be fun for me to know what was going through your head while watching it. I thought you were curious. Right. But two things. One, it had been a very long time since I'd seen the movie, so I didn't really remember it. But number two, yeah, I'd just prefer to talk about it later. because and so we because, shall. Well, for sure. But also, like, it's kind of like... um Especially if it were a movie that neither of us had seen. This is a thing Alec has said to me before when I once or twice have said, like, wait... Wait, who is that? He'll go, I don't know. Why don't we watch together and we'll both find out. Maybe the movie will tell us. And then I took that hint of like, right, I don't have to like say every thought I have. Maybe it'll just resolve itself. But at any rate, it was fun. It was fun showing it to you. And something that happened twice during our evening... Despite your celebrating of spiders by putting them around a mirror. Oh, God. I forgot. Or are you reminding me? I'm going to have nightmares. Your cat. Was it the same cat twice? Yes, it was. My cat, Simon, the one who likes to cuddle with you. Nice. Uh, Came up and was looking, like, very intently at the wall, and you know that meant trouble. So you turned and saw just a, for L.A., larger-than-average spider. Well, at first I thought he... I have a, um... We didn't mention this decoration, but I have a banner that says Happy Halloween. Yes. You know, like each letter, H-A-P-P, you know. And because it kind of dangles a little, I thought he was being a little turd and, like, was going to jump on my decoration and, like, pull it down and disrupt us. And I was like, Simon. And I looked and I was like, nothing. There's nothing. And then I saw Giant Spider. You tasked me with killing it. You volunteered. Okay. For which I'm very thankful. You didn't even hesitate. There was no, like, <laughs> you do it. No, you do it. You were just like, I got it. Oh, but, God anyway, bless I did you. not roll up a Vintage Life magazine to swat it. No. I grabbed a napkin or paper towel. Yes. And you squished it against the wall and we were like, well, that's that. Everything's cool. And then, like... Two minutes later, it was not dead. It nope. had crawled back up the wall. Was... Simon alerted us again. Oh, that wasn't a second spider? I don't think so. I think you... Mm. 
It fe- well, I didn't want to mess up your wall because you, sure. it's a you moved into a new place. Yeah. Well, I think it was the same spider. Okay. And Either not, that, or it was a second to revenge it. Right. Either way, it was dead the second. It happened time. again. You killed it. I will have nightmares tonight. Thank you, Simon. <sighs> Thank you, Marshall. Hmm. It was a team effort. Yeah, the spider decided, spider or spiders decided to show themselves on a night we were trying to make spooky. So thank you, spiders. Among the things they do. And then one week later, you came over to my place. Yes. For a little Marshall Hicks Halloween movie night. So you got the chance to evaluate my choices. You set the bar. And then you crushed it with a paper towel, and then it wasn't dead, (laughs) and then you killed it the second time. Thank you. Thank you. Both of us used pumpkin spice candles for the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I went with tea candles so I could spread it out into different rooms. I think I was burning pumpkin clove from Bath and Body Works, if we want to get specific. It's a very good candle scent. Highly recommend it. But yes, you had a lot of ambiance set with your tea candles inside like different containers, which yeah, was I've, cool. Yeah, I've got a couple of like like a black cat where you put the candle behind its That one was right in front of I me. That I never use. And I'm like, oh, what an opportunity. Yeah, it's like a vintage black cat candle holder thing. Very cool. Another one looks like Frankenstein's head, but yeah. like, like a charming, almost cartoonish Frankenstein, but he's got a candle inside him. Yeah. You keep one eye on that candle, the other eye on this candle, and with the other eye, watch me. On my front door is an autumnal wreath that I got from your wedding. No, you got from your wedding and then gave to me after you no longer wanted it. Just yeah. take it well, from your closet. They were centerpieces yeah. at my wedding. They have like white pumpkins and like different leaves and things all sent you know, they're not real. They're yeah, plastic. Plastic. But very nice. But my stepmother bought a ton of them for our tables for our wedding and she has a few at her house that she'll bring out around Thanksgiving time. They're very Thanksgiving-y. And go out from September to January. And we have a couple, but we had extras. And I was like, give them to me. I'll find maybe somebody I know wants one. And you did. And you've hung on to it, which I love. I'm glad to have it. It's that wreath. It's not good luck at all. It's evil. Usually when I do my Halloween decor shopping, it's November 1st through, like, the 7th. When... Places are trying to get rid of their Halloween stuff. Yeah. Which is never Halloween Town because it's an all-year store. But the 99-cent store, Target, Walmart. um, Michael's. Michael's, the craft stores, they just start discounting their Halloween stuff. So the majority of my decorations can be described as November 1st purchases. I love that you do that. I feel like I would be depressed shopping for Halloween decorations November 1st. But it's a Uh, smart move. Okay. Although, like, I went and bought the better plastic tablecloths and then opened up my decoration box and found that last year I had purchased some tablecloths and I just put them away and I was like see you in a year yeah and then got them out 11 months later I was like oh I've already got some (laughs) and and that actually happened a few times with a, a few different products yeah I was showing off my decorations I put glow in the dark ones around a light fixture that I wanted to show you because Put them as close to the lights as possible. That way they glow more. Yes. And then you kill the lights and just a bunch of skeletons. Just there to say hi. Now, last year, what would happen is I'd put up decorations. And because I'm spending all my time in my apartment, they would just sort of fade into the background. They'd like dissolve Mm -hmm. and just become part of the room. And then I'd have to put up more decorations. And then they would sort of pop when, when you came in the room. Like, ah, that bat. Yeah. That's new. And then they'd sort of dissolve in the background. So I'm not done yet, I'd say. Although, because you were coming over, I put up, like, the bulk of the stuff. Yeah. 
I find every year for me, it's a bit of a process. Like you get most of your stuff up, you see what you like, you see what, you know, what's working and then you go, eh, I could use something there. Or you're at the store and you're like, I have to have that. I'm going to find a place for it. So I set up two tableaus, I'd say, just to sort of focus the eye mm-hmm. and be like, no, those are the skulls I have out all year. Uh, these are the skulls I put out now. Yes. That was my skull. I did want to mention that yes. since you brought me a gift, I brought you a gift. And it was a movie you haven't seen before. That's right. You showed up with a gift. Please I describe it. So every couple of weeks, Alec and I will go to Amoeba Music, which has moved locations but still has the Amoeba charm that we know and love. One of the main reasons we go, we're trying to build up our 4K disc collection of movies that we really love. But every time we go, we look for American movie on DVD. That's hard to find, huh? Well, we have a copy, but we're worried because it's the only copy and it's not streaming anywhere. It's the only copy we have. Oh, I see. And so we'd like to have another copy or two just to like... You know, just as insurance. Would you buy this movie for fourteen ninety five? Yeah, hell yeah, man. So at any rate, no American movie this time, but Alec did find the copy of the X-Files Fight the Future movie that he'd been looking for, so it was a okay. win. And while I was going through, I came upon, I think it might have been a magic section. I was going oh. through the DVDs, and I saw a documentary called, like, Women in Boxes about, like, magician's assistants. Box jumpers. Yeah, women. Sometimes called. Women in magic. And I thought, you know, I've never heard Marshall talk about this movie. Maybe he's never seen it. And or you heard of it. Or heard of it. And that, my friends, is a rare find. You know what? I just got that from a book about party manners starring the Muppets. So I'm not even sure if that's a real thing. No, I think it's appropriate. I think most of the time, and this is like not a knock on you, we are not like most adults, but I think most adults when they go to somebody's house, it's like, here's a bottle of wine. Yeah. Right? But I would much rather have stupid popcorn socks, to be honest. Like, I love our dumb little gifts. But yeah, I think it's totally customary. Absolutely. Bring a little gift. That's very Emily Post. (laughs) For sure. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. My monster then began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise... In our settle-in section of the evening, I'd set out a cauldron of water and let you pick which of the grow items that you wanted to put in it. It starts as like a tiny pumpkin or a tiny zombie. I chose a zombie, you chose a ghost. And I said, you're going to be coming back in a week. And uh, we can see how they've grown. The fools all came from the humble abodes to catch a joke from us electrodes. They get the mash. The second part of the science experiment was getting three ghost peeps, which I found at Target, a package of three, and we set them out on a plate, and we stuck them in the microwave. And I got nervous. You thought they just explode? Yeah. Well, they were going and going, and, and you were, like, fine with it. You were like... Oh, look at him go. And I was like, Marshall, should we stop the microwave now? And you were like, you think they're done? And I was like, yes, yes, every second they're growing. <laughs> and then uh, and we got them out, and they deflated really quickly. Yeah, I think you were hoping to get a picture, and they were just like, boom. Yeah. Fun for kids. If you got kids you need to entertain well, around the spooky season. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about peep jousting. Where No, I've never heard oh. those, those words together. Oh, really? Well, there's when you have the peep, the bird-shaped peeps at Easter, you have them face each other on a plate in the microwave and you put toothpicks in their right hand side like they're knights with swords and then you 
turn on the microwave, and whichever one pokes the other one first wins. Does it deflate upon poking? No. Okay. But you can see when it goes in, and then you're like, ha-ha! Wow. Good times. Yes. So, similar. So, you came up with this little game on your own, then. You'd never heard of... I saw the peeps. I knew what happened to them in microwaves. So, I was like, giant expanding ghosts. Halloween time... That'll burn up a minute. Brings out the child in all of us, that's for sure. Indeed. Satisfy the kitties with a bag of crisp, crunchy popcorn. And don't forget to get an extra bag or two to take to the car to munch on during the show. I gave you the choice of popcorns. I was like, look, I got just the kernels, I got microwave, and I got Jiffy Pop. And you went with Jiffy Pop. Yeah, there was no, there's no contest. If you give me a Jiffy Pop that you can put on the stove and you shake it and it, the bag gets bigger, there is no contest. That's how I want to make popcorn. And we successfully popped it, too. Yeah. I got a little scared because I did Don't be alarmed, folks. That's only the sound of our giant-sized kernels of popcorn exploding into tasty life. It all happens really fast. Yeah, it goes Towards like, the end. Almost like a peep. Yeah, totally. Like gets a, a little bit scared. peep in the microwave. But it was good popcorn. In a jiffy. In, in a jiffy. And I have popcorn bowls. And I have, which, <clears throat> in Burbank, when you go to a thrift store, it's hard to find anything good. Especially near me, because the thrift store is located on, like, a three-block stretch with all sorts of antique stores and retro shops. And they get to it first. Oh, I see what you're Even saying. Even if not them, other professionals Get We've to got, it first. We got prop people in town working movie sets and... Prop people, vintage people. Yeah. It's its own industry, and that's ground zero. Yeah. It's the thrift store. So finding something good is rare, and when I find something good, I celebrate it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I got to this before all the people who do it for a living. My latest find, which I'm all happy about, maybe this just makes me like a grandma, but I'm so happy for my three-piece ceramic... Popcorn bowl bowls. Popcorn freshly popped and buttered. Sure, it looks good and it tastes even better. Get some now. The popcorn I put in bags because I had these great vintage bags. Yes, those were fun to eat popcorn out of. Yeah, I thought you'd like them. But what to put in the uh, ceramic bowls? One, for the harvest of it all, I filled with apple chips. Mm-hmm. And I recommend Which I identified by sight. I said, are those dried apple chips? And you said, yes, they are. Yeah, they do look like dead leaves and dirt. Mm -hmm. If you just try to take a picture of them. Yeah. But apple chips are... But talk about a seasonal item. Yes. Available all year. Yeah. But very harvesty. Oh, yeah. The other one I filled with name brand Scooby Snacks. Those were so good. I took them out of the box. I put them in the bowl. I made sure the word Scooby was up yeah. in them so you could tell they were Scooby Snacks specifically. Yeah. They, they were, were cinnamony. They cinnamony. were so They're good. They're basically graham crackers. Uh, yeah, they tasted like Teddy Grahams. Yeah. Mwah. I wanted just one pumpkin spice thing, and I settled on the Trader Joe's Pumpkin Spice Teeny Tiny Pretzels, which were delicious. They were really good. It was very hot that day. So they were melting. As soon as you touched them, they melted. Even though I kept them in the fridge all day. Mm-hmm. Like, they came out cold. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, they're covered and it says yogurt-flavored coating. It tastes better than it sounds. Yeah. Uh, with crushed pumpkin-spiced pumpkin seeds. Yeah. Holy smokes. In the pumpkin spice revolution, one of the big um, sticking points is that there's no pumpkin in pumpkin spice. It's yeah. just the spices that go into pumpkin pie. Yeah. Take the word pumpkin off it, people. But 
this actually does contain pieces of pumpkin. Well, I think the backlash to the fury over everyone realizing that pumpkin spice things don't actually have pumpkin in them is that a lot of places now, Mm -hmm. during spooky season, are starting to make things with real pumpkin and pumpkin parts because they feel like... Well, I feel like there was a revolt against, like, how dare they call this pumpkin spice? It's just spices. There's no pumpkin in this. And people sort of criticizing people who love pumpkin Real spice sticks things. sticks in the mud, I think. Yeah, be a stick in the mud. But it means we get more pumpkin things. True. I picked up some of that pumpkin spice hummus since you and I hung out. You know, I got it with the, they have maple leaf shaped tortilla chips that are in different colors. This is news to me. Go on. Absolutely gorgeous. But the pumpkin spice hummus was good when I was eating it, but when I think about eating any more of it, I feel a little bit sick. Okay. I'm like, that was good to try, but in retrospect, it's kind of gross, and it's (laughs) still in my fridge right now. Um, Yeah, I have some sliced mangoes that I bought in a can that um, will not be finishing. Yeah, yeah. Sounded like a good idea. Just gotta cut and run sometimes. Yes. I got the... M&M cookies and scream. And the way I served them, I, I came upon this last Christmas with Christmas M&Ms in a mad scientist beaker, mm-hmm. which has a very small opening, but a very large base. That way people aren't just shoving their hands into the M&Ms, but rather tapping them out as needed through this very narrow opening. Although that is how I served the candy corn, which you said you didn't really like. So I was like, I'll be the only person reaching into this. And then you were just like, candy corn. I don't know. I do not know what came over me. I must have been possessed by the ghost (laughs) of Halloween present. But I don't hate candy corn the way that I hate circus peanuts. Okay. But most years I could take it or leave it. And then a couple years, somebody told me to try Brock's made with real honey. Like there's a specific, like that brand, Mm -hmm. the type that they make with real honey. I think I've talked about this before on our podcast. And I've. And I was like, well, those are the only kinds I like. But I didn't really like it. And then I had one here. The and Harvest I was, Mix. Yeah. And I was like, mm, maybe have another one of that. I probably had ten of them. They were good. Now, as a decoration, I used, well, in this bag, it's called Peanut Butter Kisses. I think it goes by a lot of names. It's basically the last thing you'd eat from your bag. <laughs> Unless you're into it, I guess, of, from, of Halloween candy. It's... The wrappers are either perfect Halloween orange or perfect Halloween black, mm-hmm. and they're both full of just hard kind peanut of a butter, matte colored, like a matte finish to the paper. It's not shiny. Yeah. Yeah. To me, they look better than they taste, and these have been in my cupboard for at least a year. So I just spread them around. Yeah. Just to look nice, and that's how candy gets represented in like Halloween cartoons and sometimes movies as just like. A no-name round candy with a twist on each end. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a perfect decoration. Yeah, and I just, you know, just among the various plates, which I also set out the plates that you would give me for my birthday, mm-hmm. with a, a picture of a human heart on it. Yes. It says, eat your heart out. They looked good. Folks, I don't say go out and just pay retail, but after November 1st, there's going to be a lot of these bags sitting around the grocery store because they don't go fast. These, like orange and black mm-hmm. peanut butter hard candies. Uh, pick up one or two and then just use it as a garnish the next yeah. year. Just a little something to make make things pop. Though they can disappear onto uh, tablecloths if you buy orange and black tablecloths. <laughs> That's the danger. I had of a spiderweb lace runner that I picked up at the 99 cent store. 
And uh, when the black one went on it, it just went away. <laughs> so, I worked on the aesthetic. When you're here at the theater, hot dogs are at their best. Everyone likes our hot dogs. Two big, juicy, all-meat wieners. Let's see. Here's one happy fella, and here's another. From Kim Salazian. You know her. I do. She and I were in line for the Universal Studios House at Haunted Hill yes, maze. Yes, very good maze. And she told me that for her kids, she makes the mummy hot dogs, where you take the crescent roll, like Pillsbury, out of a tube, and you cut it into strips, and you wrap it around the hot dog, and the recipe's online. It's the easiest thing in the world. So I thought, I made a practice version before you came over. Oh, wow. A few days before, I bought enough hot dogs and crescent tubes to do this. Also at Target, there was the very thing I was looking for. Baking candy mm. eyes just for this kind of thing. Not just to put in frosting, but actually put in the oven. Yeah. Put them in about the midway point. If it's too long, they brown. If it, but if it's too soon when they come out, they won't stick to the, mm. to the dough. So at about the halfway point. Yeah. Put on the eyes of what comes out looking like hot dog mummies. They were so cute. Shout out to Kim for yep. the inspiration. And her kids who love I them. mean, in retrospect, I think about it, I'm like, these are just like what you love about pigs and blankets, but mm-hmm. they're just bigger. And spooky. And spooky. As you know, I went straight for the head, ate them eyes, gave it a little crunch. Kim will just put, you know, two blobs of mustard make perfectly good eyes. Um, I went the extra distance, but I did not split the hot dogs the first time. Mm. Be sure to split them before they go in. Otherwise, the tops will split, and it looks like mummies whose heads have exploded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. They were... Hold on. I dug a picture. Look at that. That's a wreck. Sizzling hot dogs. Bursting with juicy goodness. Holy moly. And then you give it eyes, and it just looks like it's in pain. Carnage. That's some Texas chainsaw stuff right there. Give the uh, Frankfurters a good split along the side before you wrap them in their dough bandages. They were really adorable. You really turned out some good ones. Well, and then, you know, I, I've been collecting just for the day when I have a guest over, my goodness. These, like, hot dog holders, you know, just flat, a lot flatter than they should be to hold hot dogs in, like, that you might get, like, at a ball game or mm-hmm. at the fair. Mm-hmm. And they've got the, the red stripes and basically little fry baskets that also have, like, the red-white checker shape. And I just turned them into hot dog sarcophaguses with lids covering each hot dog. And I presented them to Kat as such, and she thought they were great. They were delicious and very well presented. Thank you. Yes, sir. Everybody agrees that the hot dogs you find at our refreshment center are delicious. The pre-show. Folks, if you want to uh, set it and forget it, you can make YouTube playlists. I'm just kind of late to this party because I'd always just sort of navigate and go, now watch this, and then navigate and then go, and watch this. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to uh, get everything just right for Kat coming over. So what was on the TV when you arrived was the short, it's considered a short, Monsters Crash the Pajama Party, which was made for spook shows where, like, at a certain point, the gorilla will go off the screen. (laughs) And that's when a guy in a gorilla suit would come into the audience and grab a girl. Go out there, get the audience, and get me another girl. And you other monsters, go out and help me. I believe you've used audio from like a trailer for this in yeah. our show before. Well, here's my book about the old ghost shows. 
Yep. The 60s were kind of their uh, their swan song, I'd say. So they were trying different things, including making films just for their presentations. So there's an ad for it. Monsters Crush the Pajama Party. Incredible. They carry girl victims back into the picture. And the rest of it, just watching it, it's just a horror movie from 1965 boiled down to its very essentials. There's a mad scientist. There's a monster. There's girls having a slumber party. There's the boys who want to scare them but wind up getting mixed up with the monsters. Then the police come, and it's over. This is Eric. <laughs> for the pre-show, I showed the trailer for Fade to Black. Mm-hmm. Which you really responded to, 1980, Dennis Christopher. Because I'd seen the poster, and I've heard a lot of people talk about how good it is and fun, and it's just one I've been meaning to see, and I figured out about halfway through the trailer. I was like, well, I think I know what this is, and I want to see it. I still haven't seen it. Eric Benford lives for the movies. Sometimes he kills for them, too. I'd love for you to see it. I'd love to talk with you about it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we can do that on the air. Sounds great. Fade to black. And I dropped my popcorn. This is the best part, man. The incredible shrinky man's down real Lily's being chased by this cat, man. He's gonna eat him, man. I played you a segment from It Came From Hollywood, which you've never heard of and you had a lot of questions about. Mm-hmm. Because on YouTube, this movie this movie has segments. Surprise! It came out in 1982. It came out before VCRs. It came out before Mystery Science Theater. I don't want to grow anymore. Except maybe some hair. So what it did was it took all these B-movies and just showed clips from them. It's sort of like That's Entertainment, but for B-movies. Mm-hmm. And the part I showed you, uh, and then they would get uh, popular comedians of 1982 to like comment on them and, and do a little presentation. So this was Cheech and Chong going into a movie theater mm-hmm. and riffing on movies with giants and with little people, meaning uh, people who shrink, like yeah. the Incredible Shrinking Man. Or giants, like the Colossal or the 50-Foot Woman. And that was just like seven minutes long, but it was just this great sort of montage of old Yeah, it was wild. They, like, go up to the counter, and I guess it's Tommy Chong is ordering all the snacks. He's like, give me one of those, give me one of those, give me one of those. And when it came out, when I was, like, eight on HBO, I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Sure. He's like, no, no, not the baby popcorn, the daddy popcorn. Right. And he just has this giant thing And this of bewildered, like, employee keeps having to go back and get yeah. more snacks for well him. Well before I knew anything about the munchies. Sure, sure. You're just like, this guy's ordering everything. How funny. <laughs> I bet that's smart. <laughs> Coming soon. For your movie nights, it's always someone's birthday. Mm. Being someone famous. Mm-hmm. So throw in a trailer and be like, hey, did you know it's Stephen King's birthday? Oh, yeah, that's cute. Which you had told me when we I were I had told you, yeah. We were like, let's, let's, what, what day was it? The 22nd? Uh, the 21st. But the reason I knew, it's in my calendar just as a recurring thing every year so that I remember to okay. honor this great day the Lord hath given us. When we were discussing options for our movie night at your place, we had a few. And then you said, well, how about the 21st? And I said, excellent. It's Stephen King's birthday. So I threw in the trailer to Creep Show. Yeah. A great trailer. Which also features Stephen King in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Creep Show. The most fun you'll ever have being scared. And then a sketch 
The Curse of Frankenstein is what it's called from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And because we did a whole section on Saturday Night Live Halloween and somehow both of us missed this sketch. Yeah. yeah. Where Bill Hader plays Frankenstein and Jason Sudeikis plays Dracula. Right. Tall guy, green, bolts in his neck. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but that's Frankenstein. <laughs> okay, well, I believe we've made a bit of a mistake. Sorry to trouble you. Across the mall! And they're just sending the angry mob back and forth to yeah. each of their places. Their castles? Yeah. yeah. I was like, how... It was, it was really cute. It was really cute. It should have been the happiest moment of their lives. The night they came home to be married at the house of Great Aunt Kate. But it turned into a haunted honeymoon. And then the trailer to the movie I might have shown, except it's not streaming and I wanted something that if someone was interested, we could see. Very similar in tone. Came out a year later than the movie I did show. Haunted Honeymoon. Mm-hmm. You've Haunted, talked about that with me before. Directed by Gene Wilder, starring Gene Wilder, and um, Gilda Radner. Oh, this thing's pinching my butt! And you picked up just from the trailer the line like, one of you is a werewolf. Yeah. You used that in our opening You're montage. Like, I've heard that a time or two. Yeah. I'd love to show it to you sometime. It just, um, I, I wanted something that was a little more accessible. And right now, Haunted Honeymoon isn't. Right. So... Then, Son of the Invisible Man. I went home a few days later and showed this to Alec because I was so tickled. This was my standout from your pre-show. Okay. It was so great. I loved it. I finally duplicated my father's formula for invisibility. After five years of injecting myself with every chemical known to man. But Griffin, the invisibility formula turned your father into a raving lunatic. That stars Ed Bakley Jr., Love him. Who is in the movie that I showed you. Yes. As our feature. And it's from the sketch movie Amazon Women on the Moon, which was kind of like just a lot of sketches Mm -hmm. from different directors. Mm -hmm. And in this, the son of the invisible man believes he is invisible, but he is not as invisible as he'd like to be. Hey! Here comes the invisible man again. Hijinks. Yeah. It's very funny. And it really does look like the Invisible Man. It looks yeah. like an old James Well, you Whale pointed Universal that out. The way, the way that they shoot it is just exactly like one of those movies would have been shot. Yeah, until everything goes haywire. Yeah. And then still. Yeah. It's like, it, I'm, it's I'm glad really you liked it. just such a. It was my favorite thing that you showed me. It was so fun. Oh, my. Now, how did that happen? Must be a ghost in here. We also watched the Bugs Bunny Transylvania 6 5000, which I've seen many times and never gets old. Sorry to disturb you, sir. I know it's late, but I uh, seem to be off me course. No, no. It's never too late. Come in. Where he goes up against Count Blood Count <laughs> is the character's name. Focus, focus. I'm a bat. Okay, I'm a bat too. Abacadabra. You wouldn't hit the bat with glasses on, would you? And then the big chunk in the pre-show, Thriller. Yes. And I was like, because Kat, when's the last time you really sat down and watched Thriller? And then you said, every single Halloween. Yeah. And I didn't really realize this was a tradition with you. Yeah. We watch it every Halloween night. It's totally a movie. It's not funny. Thriller got to me young and it got to me often Mm -hmm. because it would play over and over. And I didn't know they were tropes. I just took everything... At surface level. And it's, 
even scarier than the tropes I think that they're mimicking. So like they start with like a fifties, you know, the, the guy and the gal and he's in the Letterman jacket and mm-hmm. she's in Bobby socks. And sure, Michael Landon then turned into the teenage werewolf, but his transformation was never as terrifying yeah. as Michael Jackson's Rick Baker transformation. Yeah. So I was getting the old and relatively innocent met with just like, bam, in your face, were creature. And then the zombies. God, the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. I was never as scared of the visuals as it sounds like you were as a kid, but as I, I'm sure, I know I've told you in, in real life and maybe on the podcast, my brother really did a number on me with the record when we were kids. What's the problem? Come on, I'll take you home. Well, there was a room under the stairs. I was afraid of Vincent Price's laugh at the oh. end. And so he would put the record player under the stairs and then make me go inside and shut the door and make me be in there by myself in the dark with the record player playing him laughing. My goodness. Yeah. And now we both have a horror podcast. Yeah. And I got a boatload of childhood trauma, but we're good. Thanks, Thriller. We're all just fine now. And now I love that laugh. But yes, certainly that video and or song struck fear in the hearts of many children. Yeah. But also the music is so catchy and the dancing is so good. It's like you want to look away, but you can't. That's the insidious thing about it is like when you're a kid... Like, when you're watching it and the music is so fun and so good and the dancing and everything, but then the tone will change. The music will stop. And the zombies are coming out of their graves. And it becomes scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, 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 no. I didn't sign up for this. And just all the tropes that were by then just well-worn tropes. Like, the moon coming out from behind the clouds. Yeah. That was my first experience of it. So I was like, that's your final warning. Yeah. If you don't leave right now. That moon is out of the clouds. Yeah, when that moon came out from behind the clouds, when we watched it, you were like, cat, the moon, the clouds. And I was like, are you okay? The moon, the clouds. (laughs) Yeah. Settle back now, content, comfortable, well-fed, and ready for some fine entertainment. Is everybody happy? Then let's go. Showtime. I recommend everybody do this. Throw in a little, um, and now our feature presentation. They're all on YouTube and they're all great. You yeah. Know, these old like Regal Cinemas present our feature presentation. Mm-hmm. And then the feature presentation, which uh, I've been hinting around. Transylvania 65000. Transylvania. Where is that? It's over there someplace. Isn't what it used to be. Did you see Dracula? Yeah, yeah, when it first came out. Now the Wolfman's getting electrolysis. I can go to the beach now. The vampire's getting lonely. Tell me you want me to. <laughs> and Dr. Frankenstein this is, is getting crazier. Good. Everything hurts. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> and Bagley Jr. Hi, ladies. For a good time. Called Transylvania 65000. Rated PG. Is good, huh? You've been mentioning this title to me for many years now. And I'm sure it did not hold up to the hype. But you know, well, first of all, I should say, you're not the only person. Like, I've definitely heard about this movie over the years. But it's mm-hmm. not one that's talked about a ton, from what I can see. And yeah. I, I get why. Because I think that it's not like an instant classic in my book. But I think it is one of those 
movies that we seek out as horror fans and we find and we go like, I found a lot of things that are charming about this and I'm glad I watched it. So like for that, I mean, I'm almost always glad to have watched any movie that is horror adjacent. Truly. I think there's like one or two I can think of where I was like, meh. There's nothing out there. I don't know. What did you see? I'm not sure. I think it was some sort of a creature or something. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You smell perfume? Yes. I know it was in this room. What? The creature from Estee Lauder. You're joking, but I'm nervous. In brief, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I figured even if the jokes overstayed their welcome or, look, the director never saw an improv he didn't like because it's all in the movie. Yeah. We watched one scene and you were like, yeah, not much ended up on the cutting room floor. I think that's how you put it. And I was like, that's a very generous way to put that. You hear the one about the surgeon, the lobotomy? No, the surgeon, the lobotomy. You don't lobotomy? I know lobotomy. (laughs) That's funny, huh? (laughs) <laughs> but the Jeff Goldblum of it all. Yeah, I figured the Jeff Goldblum of it all would see you past. Oh, if I get to stare at him for a while, we're fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. And Ed Begley Jr., like, real handsome and very funny. Great, great. Uh, tall, blonde, geek. I think you told me they were good friends in real life. They were friends in real life. They had a lot of really good chemistry. And so watching the two of them yeah. hang out on screen was super fun. So if Abbott and Costello, instead of having one tall, thin guy and one short, fat guy... They were both two tall, thin, Very tall, really tall guys. thin guys. Yeah. Which means their physicality did not dictate their personalities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they had to decide between them who's going to be the kind of goofball and who's going to be like the cynic. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum was a cynic and Ed Bagley Jr. was the kind of more simple of the two. Yeah. I think they drew those lines well. This is my contribution to journalism, waiting for a werewolf. Let's go inside and ask him some questions. Mm-hmm, sure. What are we going to ask him? Uh, how often do you shave? Uh, are you longer or do you go out in a pack? Maybe we should wait. Mm. So there are reporters whose tabloid newspaper sends them to Transylvania to follow up on a story of Frankenstein. Right. Who, even within this world, doesn't exist. Yeah. In fact, the townspeople laugh heartily yeah. when they oh, ask. Yeah. This is Transylvania. Don't you want to ask us about... Or how about the creature from the Black Lagoon? (laughs) Hey, I've got Godzilla in the back room. I like it. That's a good one. How about the blob? It was pointed out to me on another podcast how long it takes to actually see any monsters. Mm. Like you see a little bit of one in the beginning. And then it's not till the 35 minute mark. It's Gina Davis, who is relatively new in her career, I'd say, as Odette the Vampiress. Yeah, she's on screen for an extremely small amount of time in this movie, but it's memorable. it packs a wallop. And it they, did for young Marshall, I think. Indeed. <laughs> it was at the boobies. Yeah, from an angle, like, you didn't see much. So yeah. they weren't side boobs from the outside. Yeah. They were from the inside. Uh-huh. Yeah. In very, very low cut. Uh-huh. On the front of her vampirous outfit. Yeah. And I told you at the time, I was like, man, I wish that Gina Davis's Odette had joined the gallery of iconic vampire gothy women mm. that you'll see together on, I assume, bootleg t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I know she meant a lot to you, but I can see why she's not one of the icons. Not because Gina Davis isn't fantastic, but because, I mean, she just doesn't have much screen time. She's not, like, 
maybe she'd been the main character of that movie or something, or like the main monster. But she's one of many. Yeah, who just is. has like a funny personality trait. And then by the end, so for a while, she stands in for like the monsters because she shows up and then like tries to to abide the neck of Ed Bigley Jr. and then and all. Yeah, she's uh, real horny. Yeah, she is. We'll just come right out and say it. But then we get all the monsters at once in like the last third of the film. Yeah. Transylvania 6, 5,000. They tease a werewolf, but then it turns out to just be like a guy having sex in the bushes. Yeah. But I like that whole scene. Yeah, it's funny. Shot- He's an animal. Isn't that the joke? Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was an animal. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. It was shot in Yugoslavia. They weren't able to shoot at night as much as they'd like. Mm, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe. Yeah. I was wondering how funny it would be if it was at night. And I'm not sure it'd be much funnier, mm. but it would be better to look at. Yes. If they got those night shots. They More wanted. vibes. Apparently, the Dow Chemical Company had a bunch of money in Yugoslavia. I read that, too. They had to spend in Yugoslavia. Yeah. I was reading, as I do anytime I watch a movie, I go and log in on Letterboxd, and then I read a few reviews just to kind of see. And somebody was like, when you know that backstory, it makes it a little more like, oh, man, that Dow Chemical just needed to spend that money. At the same time, I applaud and adore the actors in it for, like... Throwing their whole selves into this movie. Yeah, they didn't phone it in. No. Those pratfalls Michael Richards took. Oh, my God. There was one where I said they only did one take of that one, clearly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Incredible. Um, It's a beautiful day today. Hey, hey, are you okay? What the hell? Oh, and what's her name? Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Always incredible. Go over here. Now go over here. Loopy. What? I said, leave me alone. I'm helping you. <sighs> like, the stuff with her and her husband in the movie, like, didn't really quite work. But she was still firing in all cylinders. And I just, she's just so talented. She's one of those people you just love to look at. so good. Yeah, she's so much fun to watch. What a big love. Ah, Radu. <laughs> yes, Master. Have you seen him? Yes, Master. He's a breakfast. Why do you call me Master? It was written and directed by Rudy DeLuca who has not directed a feature film since. He oh. has collaborated with Mel Brooks on different occasions. Okay. He was one of the writers on Dead and Loving It. Wow. And you can see that sort of like Mel Brooksian Absolutely. humor yeah. woven through it. Mel Brooks produced The Fly, the David Cronenberg The Fly. I'm not sure if his name was on it. What? Like he also took his name off of The Elephant Man just so people wouldn't go to it thinking it would be a comedy. Oh, God. I think he did the same thing for The Fly, but now it's common knowledge. So Wow, okay, I, interesting. I didn't know that. Being friends with Rudy DeLuca, he watched this movie and probably, I don't know, the dailies or what have you, and saw Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis, who had become a couple while in Yugoslavia and then for several years thereafter, and cast them. Wow. Based on Transylvania 6 5000 and their performances wow. therein. Somehow I get the feeling you don't get out much. You can tell that. And then they did Earth Girls Are Easy. Sure. Yeah. You got to you gotta put in a little of everything. Yeah. So I think there, there would have been that version of The Fly if it wasn't for Transylvania 6, 5000. Wow. Wow. You just blew my mind. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Now, I looked into, I was like, I have this memory. I actually had the memory of it like being like for several years when I'd finish trick-or-treating, I'd come home and... Some late show would be showing Transylvania 6-5000, but that's not true. That's that's my memory conflating it or expanding it. 
there was only so many nights I would have been allowed to stay up. Mm-hmm. And that's if Halloween fell on a weekend. So I figured out that it would have been on HBO in 1986, the year I was 10. And that year, Halloween was a Friday. That was my fifth grade year. And every year, and it turns out this was the last one, there was a judged costume contest in my school where the sixth graders would judge and pick a winner from every class. Oh, God. Just lording over everybody? Yeah. And then by the next year, they said, we'll still have like a Halloween like parade, what have you, but no judging. Mm. I was like, what? I don't get a chance to judge? Oh, well, because I finally won the year before. <gasps> I had pulled out all the stops as far as I could every year and never won. Because sometimes I'll just go to somebody's little brother or sister. Mm. Right? So you needed to be undeniable. I had these just big cardboard costumes. I'd be like a big robot or a phone book one year with like pages that opened. Yeah. My mom, of course, would would help incredibly. And then it's just sort of like what size cardboard box could we find? And then for my last chance, fifth grade, we decided to make me a castle. I would be Dracula's castle. Look, there's the castle. Doesn't it have an ominous aura about it? We'd have this big box around me, which was, we painted gray and turned into like spires and whatever you call the, the little sort of up-down things uh-huh, from the castle. Uh-huh. And I had black straps and then I dressed as Dracula in the middle of it. Nice. And I had a drawbridge that you could lower. Oh my God. And there would be a skeleton there, a rubber skeleton, like foot and a half. And wow, we'd have windows. We were just, just construction paper, but like you could see the shadow of like a witch, and there was ghosts. Ow. And we really, we were like, "This is it, last chance." And I couldn't even sit down on the thing. I had to stand over with other people's sure. spooky costumes. And there's no way I could trick or treat in it. So this was just for this. Yeah. And the prize was a ribbon and a silver dollar. And bragging rights on the podcast that you would host many years later. Decades later. That night, I went trick-or-treating in just the Dracula outfit. I was basically on top of the world. I'll bet. And then you came home and saw boobies. I mean, not full boobies. Side boobs. And and I saw monsters in just right of a way. Oh, yeah. Monsters who, at the end, turned out to not even be monsters. They all had various ailments or plastic surgeries. For which the townspeople were then like, it's Frankenstein, it's a mummy. Yeah. I mean, this is the type of movie that's not made for 10-year-olds, but certainly, well, we've talked about this. That's my question. Yeah. Is it a kid's movie? Right. Because if you didn't see it as a kid and you're just seeing it as an adult, unless you got a real sort of cornball sense of humor, I can't see people being really into this movie mm. if they didn't get, you know, exposed to it as a child. Right. And I wouldn't tell anybody to show it to their children. Yeah. But if you could find a way for your child to sneak it while you've gone to bed, Mm, if you can set up that scenario. Right. I feel like there's a whole unintended pool of movies that fit into this class where it's not really for adults. I mean, like, maybe it was made with the intention of, like, people will love this, but it's just that person's taste does not appeal to a broader audience. However, it's perfect for a kid to see by themselves watching it late at night on HBO. That's how Police Academy went from an R rating down to a PG Mm. over the sequels. Right. Because just the kids... Yeah. Attach themselves to it. I loved Police Academy, the original, as a kid. How about its sequels? Citizens on Patrol? I think I might have seen the second one, but it was all the OG for me. Miami Beach? No. Mission to Moscow? I 
I mean, if they're any good, I'll watch them. But I've got, always gotten the impression that the sequels weren't great. But I, I know the first one really well. Um, exactly my point. Yeah. Um, the following year, that costume, I, I didn't get rid of it. I kept it in my room. And I took it down to the mall, and I won third place in another contest. Nice. And third place was a $10 gift certificate to anywhere in the mall. Holy cow. And so I took it over to that pop-up Halloween. Um, the aforementioned. The, the aforementioned big black box uh-huh. in the middle of the of the promenade and spent it all in there. Wow. Do you remember what you bought? Yes. It was a cap with hands on the front. And when you pulled a string, the hands clapped. That tracks. I thought that was just the greatest. That tracks. Wow. How does one wrap up? Well, once again, I feel we've lovingly crafted mm-hmm. a Halloweenies episode that is a, gr- a lovely grab bag for listeners and friends to sort of bask in the glow of the Halloween season together, watch some new movies, watch some new trailers, come up with some ideas about how to host a good Halloween gathering. And really, isn't that what especially our, our Halloween episodes are all about? It's about communing together over the shared fire, warm fire. I'm rubbing my hands over the fire. You're, in, you're intimating fire. Of Halloween. Does that make sense? Not since our phones episode where we took direct questions have we talked about ourselves mm. more in an episode. Uh, this one's been a real just like, is it about Halloween? Uh, it's more specific than that. It's more just Halloween at your place and Halloween at my place. Right. And I hope if anybody's walked away with a couple of ideas or enjoyed spending a, a few moments uh, being transported yeah. to our respective homes. Well, I can't. I mean, look, after the last year and a half, like we've spent a lot of time in our homes and there are just limited opportunities and limited willingness to go be in big groups of people. And so we're doing what we can and we're dipping a toe in and we're hanging out with each other. And that's such a win because, you know, in October of last year, just to do what we did this year, we wouldn't be able to do. And I believe when you, we we got together and just looked at Halloween decorations and outside went to a pumpkin patch, right? Completely outside. Right. And I think I even said that to you when you suggested this topic, I was like, Yes, we should watch movies together at each other's house because we couldn't do that last year. And we should do that. And so and, we did. And we did. And it was fun. And I, uh, I'm i just so darn glad as we're recording this, we are on the cusp of October. When you listen to this, dear listener, it will be October. We hope you're having a good one. And thanks for listening. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. And, uh, folks, if you can't get enough of us, uh, clearly you found us already at uh, boysandghouls.podbean.com or maybe over on iTunes or wherever uh, fine podcasts are listened to and downloaded. Uh, you can find us at boysandghouls at gmail.com if you want to send us a message. Or we're also on Facebook. You can get in touch with us that way or see what we're up to. Same goes for Twitter. Same goes for Instagram. And with all these places, I can't always find messages as soon as they get to me. Yeah. But most of the I get there. Yeah. And I'm always sure that a cat sees them, too. 
if I think I'm the first one to find it, mm-hmm. to, I'll take a screenshot and send it over to Kat and be like, look at this. Also, a, a shout out to Will of the podcast, Will's Thrills. Yes. Who's uh, mentioned our podcast a couple of times and uh, how much he's been enjoying it. And I got to say, Will's Thrills, right back at you. Yeah, no kidding. Love to listen. And Will is just sunshine and confetti in human form. And I say that just from like listening to the podcast and the limited time he and I have spent, you know, in each other's presence it's years ago. we know IRL. Yeah, yeah, we know him. I just haven't seen him in person for an extended period of time in a long time, but my memories of him are nothing but wonderful, so. And uh, anytime you want to check in with him, you can find him over at Will's Thrills. Oh, yeah. I follow him on Instagram, and he's he's just fun. All right. And thanks for the shout-outs, Will, so I just wanted to uh, send one over to you. Yes. And uh, for everybody else, perhaps you could all... Beware the moon. The Wolfman and the Monster, there's nobody to frighten us anymore. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping to get in on the excitement. Who said that? Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Invisible Man. And now we return to our graves, the old and the new, and you may join us soon.